Hello and welcome to the second series of Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. We're here to lift the lid on the world of financial advice, providing insight for those already in the industry and anyone thinking of a new career. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones. Join me in this second series as we address common misconceptions head on, gather advice from both practicing advisors and external experts, speak with those who have overcome hurdles and hear people's inspiring stories from all walks of life. In today's episode, we're focusing on young people in the financial advice sector and the value they can add to the industry. I have two guests with me for this episode. Susie Laws is co-owner and director at Fiducia Wealth and Sarah Waring is a financial planning director with Quilter. Susie and Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Anna. Great to be here. Thanks, Anna. Okay, now, as I said, we're going to be talking today about the recruitment of young financial advisors. Why should they get into the sector? What progress has been made over the last 10 years or so by the industry in terms of recruitment? So, Susie, let me come to you first and put that question to you. Has there been enough progress over the last decade in terms of getting those young people into this sector? There's definitely been progress. There's not been enough progress, though. And I think there is still a long way to go for both individuals and the profession to go in terms of really getting young people engaged in both seeking financial advice for themselves and also considering it as a potential profession for them to go into going forward. And Sarah, I know you've got some some stats up your sleeve as well about the, the current state of the industry in terms of um, the age, the, the, the demographic in general. So, so, so give us a few more details about that and why it's looking yeah. pretty dire right now in terms of, of young people recruitment. <laughs> yeah, it, it just backs up Susie's comment, really. So we've seen a bit of change, but nowhere near enough. So, so much more for our industry to do. So the average age of the financial planner at the minute is 58, so not too far from retirement. We're expecting about, around 20% of them to retire in the next five years and less than 6% are um, below 30 years old. So still a really sort of ageing workforce. And presumably there are misconceptions on both sides from young people considering or being told that they, they might want to think about going into financial advice, but also from the client perspective as well. So so talk us through, I mean, Susan, let me come to you first on this. Talk us through those potential misgivings. Why do young people, uh, why are they hesitant about going into the sector and why are clients perhaps hesitant about seeking advice from a younger person? Yeah, of course. Well, I think in terms of young people, it's lack of education or information around what a financial planner even is. You know, and I, like most people, I fell into it as a profession. It wasn't something that I grew up thinking when I'm, you know, an adult, I want to be a financial planner. I think very, very few people do. And that is partly because we don't understand or people don't understand what we actually do. You know, they think of accountancy as a profession. They think of the legal profession but they don't necessarily think of financial planning as an alternative. So it's really important for us as a profession to get out there and really express to people how good it is and what a rewarding career it can be. And again, on the client side, I think it's, again, reinforcing that it's, um, you know, that young people have a lot to give. Yes, they may not have the same life experience as, as some of their, you know, their older peers, but that they also can bring, you know, fresh ideas, you know, high levels of qualification to a, to a role that actually is quite technical at times, and that can be equally as important. And I, I guess that just highlights the fact that experience counts for a lot, but it's not everything. Mm. As you said, you know, the youth brings a lot of um, relatability and savviness, yeah. enthusiasm, fresh ideas, as you said, and that all counts an enormous amount. 
And equally, we need young people to be seeking financial advice themselves. And they're more likely to be doing that if they can go and see a younger financial advisor. You know, if you're somebody in your 30s and you're, you need to start thinking about your future, because let's be honest, everybody does. Okay, It all comes around for all of us. Uh, you're not likely to want to reach out to somebody in their 50s or 60s to do that. You want to reach out to somebody who you can relate to. So it's so important for us as financial planners to have a wide range of advisors who can cater for all. Mm, and and Sarah, let me come to you on on this point about the branding, I suppose, of the industry. There, there, there's clearly a bit of a um, uh, someone's missing a beat somewhere along the line at the moment, uh, as, yeah. as far as um, uh, the financial sector is concerned. But what are the qualities that that you would say you sh- you should be looking for, you should be searching for when you're hiring people, when you're looking at hiring young people into this sector? Yeah, we've actually just done it. So we've just taken on seven new trainees last month. So recently been through the hiring uh, process. And most of all, it is being a people person. So the the biggest part of the job actually is getting people to trust you uh, and building that relationship. So really key that you're sort of that people person who wants to build relationships. Um, We obviously want a professional person, somebody who's going to train hard and get their qualifications under their belt. the general public expect that uh, that should just be a given so that needs to be a given in the application process um, and we look for resilience as well so it's it's a great profession and it's a great job but it's not an easy job um, so we do look for people who will be able to take the knocks and be able to take the clients on the journey it's not always up the market doesn't always go up um, so they'll need to be there and handhold and get people to stay strong. So they need to have a fairly strong character themselves. And I think from an outsider's perspective, when you hear, oh, they want me to be a people person, that can be hugely appealing to some people, but it can be really off-putting as well to others who are thinking, well, I'm not that confident or perhaps I'm an introvert or, you know, maybe this is, that means that this sector is, this career is just not for me. Yeah. Is that true? No, it's not. And and I wasn't that. So I started in the industry in 21 and I started advising at 22. And that was one of my fears. Am I going to be expected to sell? Do I need to be an extrovert? And it's not the case at all. It may have been the case once upon a time, but it's absolutely about being professional, about um, the technical side. So actually being able to explain to a client quite technical stuff in very simple language and getting that trust built. So it's more kind of what you do with your friends. It's not the car salesman type person anymore um it's completely changed and that is a misconception yeah again back to the branding as well it, you know that, that we need to sort of like shift these ideas absolutely um Susie where do you think firms should be looking to recruit uh, new talent from where do you recruit new talent so I think it, it, it really needs to start young. And one of the things we've been looking at is actually schools education programs, uh, specifically centered around sixth form students, because there are going to be a very, uh, you know, there's a lot of people now who will be 17, 18, weighing up their opportunities, looking at their, their future. And potentially some of those are, you know, very intelligent individuals, but they don't necessarily want to go to university. And you know, don't get me wrong, you can go to university. There's no reason you can't and still obviously enter the financial um, planning profession. But actually, there's a whole cohort of people there who maybe don't want to come out with 40 or 50,000 pounds worth of debt, but who are very intelligent and who could consider financial planning as a career. So for us as a business, that's one of the things we are looking at is trying to get that engagement as soon as we can. So, you know, with, as I say, 16, 17, 18 year olds, just so that they start to consider it um, as something that they may wish to do when they're a little bit older, potentially. Yeah, and there's obviously a huge difference between being um, intelligent and being academic. They, the two don't necessarily go hand hand in hand. 
how uh, much of a maths whiz do you have to be in order to go into being, being a, a financial advisor? Well, obviously, there are some numbers involved, but it, it's not <laughs> purely around it's not purely around maths. It's very much about relationships, as, as Sarah was saying. You have to be able to explain sometimes complicated um, situations or concepts, but in, in an easy way to clients. So it's about gaining trust, being able to to build a relationship with your client and build a rapport that, that isn't really centered around maths. You know, we have some very very technical people that sit behind us in the team who obviously assist with some of that as well. So, you know, nobody is expected to be able to sit there and do you know, very complicated mathematical equations in front of a client off, off the top of their head. That's this is not something you'd ever need to do. Oh, that would be a relief. And there's also the trusty calculator as well, which most people Absolutely. will be familiar with <laughs> and, and good friends with by now, I'm sure, if they're in sixth form college or, uh, and the like. Um, in terms of that building relationships, which will, as I said, be hugely, hugely um, exciting for lots of people thinking about you know, potential careers that they could go into. I guess as well, you know, nowadays, more than ever, financial advice is needed by everyone from all walks of life as well. So I guess one of the most appealing things for young people could be to say, come into this sector because you're not going to be advising your grannies and your gran and your, your granddads. You could be advising your friends as well. We're talking about people in their, their potentially their teens, certainly their 20s, getting onto the housing ladder for the first time, all of those sorts of things. How much of that is used as the sort of the big sell Sarah, would you say for for you know to try and entice more people into this profession? Yeah, it's something that our industry again isn't great at is getting the younger clients to take advice. And again, it's it's down to branding, misconceptions, um, and trust of the industry. So, something we work a lot on is how do we make advice more accessible for the younger generations? And absolutely, if you had younger advisors, that would help an awful lot. People buy from people like them, and and. We see that with females as well. We're trying to get more females into the industry to attract more female clients. So definitely we need to do more of it. Um, traditionally, our clients are older um, in this industry and we're looking at how do we attract them in their younger years. We're also going into schools like Susie is um, to try and educate we often joke that they know Pythagoras' theorem, but they don't know how to pay a tax bill. Um, so it's kind of how do you get that practical learning out there? And younger people would be great at that going into schools or going to careers fairs and things like that. You know, they'd be so relatable that it's a huge opportunity. And Susie, what would you say are the sort of the main um, selling points? If you were, if you go into the school and you say, come into this sector, this is the right thing for you, This is these are the sort of the sexy bits of it. Is it sort of like the, the autonomy that, that you get and perhaps the flexibility as well? Because obviously, you know, lots of young people, they might be put off by the idea of a kind of nine to five tied to your desk type of um, career. Yeah, no, there is an awful lot of flexibility now in our profession. And again, I think we've been a little bit behind maybe some other professions in, in, in really embracing that flexibility. But it's definitely there. You know, I'm a, I'm a mum. I've got two two young children and it, I, I love it. it. You know, it enables me to work around them. Uh, yes, sometimes I have to do the odd long day. I'm not going to lie. It's like everything. You do have to work hard. But it's also very, very rewarding. And, you know, there are huge, um, you know, the, some of the client relationships that I've been able to form as a result of this job is really what it's all about for me. And, and being able to work with people to really achieve their life goals uh, and sometimes almost be their counsellor as well. You know, you can you end up as sort of part therapist in this role. And it's really it's really rewarding. Is it lonely? And I, and I say that only because you think of obviously you can build the relationships with your clients. But um, I'm, a lot of young people 
making their first steps into their profession, professional life, will want that kind of um, office environment and the, 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 the teamwork as well. Um, and I'm just wondering whether that exists in financial advice. Oh, very, very, very much so. I mean, we at Fiducia, we have a team. We're quite small, you know, relative to some, certainly relative to quarters. Uh, you know, there's eight, only 18 of us altogether. But we have a fantastic, you know, team environment and we have, you know, hybrid working. So not everyone's in all of the time. Um, but we do lots of things together as a team because I believe it's really, really important, particularly for younger people coming through with training. I think they do learn so much from being around their peers and that, that's obviously so much more difficult if everyone's fully, fully home working. So it's it's not necessarily a lonely profession at all. You work very closely with both the people within the, the company, the clients and also other professionals. You know, we work closely with solicitors, accountants. It's really fascinating because you get to see a window into so many different areas and so many different aspects that you maybe otherwise wouldn't do if it wasn't for this job. And Sarah, you're sort of nodding away, I can see, um, as Susie's talking there. Would you say, presumably, it's not a lonely profession? No, I completely agree. And we do the same, the sort of hybrid working, and we have teams. Um, we encourage all of our advisors into the office at least one day a week, but most are in there far more frequently. Um, but it's it's probably another misconception that you're a little bit on your own dealing with your clients. And normally, uh, every advice business is different, but normally, you would have a team behind you supporting you. So in, in our world, we would... They have their own manager, but they also have somebody booking in their meetings. They have um, their admin support. They have a para planner who does the kind of the technical side for the client. So there's a real support mechanism around you. You're the face when you go to see the client, um, but you're definitely not on your own. And, and presumably as well, having um, a younger generation of kind of tech savvy financial advisors is quite useful in this sort of post pandemic mm. 2022 that we're currently yeah. in <laughs> yes absolutely uh, and it brings new ideas new ways of working i mean our industry is is not um sort of first class tech uh, driven industry but it, it's certainly come a long way in the last couple of years we've probably advanced more than we have in in the last sort of 20 years so no it's great to see that and and our younger planners are definitely the people at the front coming forward with the ideas you you said earlier sarah that you've um, just recruited i think seven trainees yeah where, where did you find them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, general adverts, job boards, um, lots of connections. Um, but we've tried deliberately to get a real sort of diverse background, uh, range of backgrounds with the trainees. So looking at things like second careers, but generally still fairly young. Um, we've got someone who's coming in from the hospitality industry. We've actually got an ex-Olympian. He's only 19, so still very young. Um, but all sorts of different backgrounds. Previously, we have looked at graduate programs, so straight out of uni. Um, we've changed our stance slightly to try and get sort of different ideas and different range, different people um, to deal with different clients. Um, and one of their big selling points, actually, when they start seeing clients is that they'll be there for the client's lifetime um which you know the 58 year old can't say so it's really important when someone's making a retirement decision at 65 that you'll still be there at 75 and 85 when they're perhaps looking at care homes and things like that so it's actually really rewarding to see the client through their through their life journey yeah i hadn't thought of it like that that's that's really interesting uh, susie did you ever experience that when you started out in the sector did you find that you had some some clients who became sort of like part of the family essentially or you became part of their family because you were just with them for so long 
Yeah, no, obviously it's it's you do become um, really connected to some people, and that that's that's lovely. You know, the, there are some clients where they're talking about quite difficult life decisions. I've got one uh, couple in particular I'm thinking of who are they can't agree on whether they should downsize in their very large house, and she wants to, he doesn't. And the only time they talk about it is when I go and see them for their annual review. So it almost becomes like a bit of a counselling therapy session, and it you know it's lovely to be trusted in that way and be able to sort of sit there with these people and really talk about these pertinent topics which sometimes are really hard for them to talk about as a couple um so you, you do you do build some uh, you know get quite fond of certain clients well you've both done a fantastic job of of, of selling the industry um certainly to me but i'm uh, well into my 40s now so <laughs> I'm maybe, maybe uh, still, I young, it. still young Hannah, by financial planning standards at least <laughs> thank you thank you i'll take that i'll definitely take it um i just one final question to both of you um one sort of golden nugget piece of advice that you would give to a young person starting out or considering starting out in the world of financial advice um sarah to you first yeah, it's a good question and it's a tricky one to answer, I guess. But I, I guess all I would say was is find out about it, at least explore it. So I think the reason why pe- more people aren't getting in the industry is because they don't know about it. So speak to us, speak to people that are in the industry. We're very happy. Uh, we promote it. We're very happy to talk to anybody. Um, and I guess my my why would be you really do change lives um it's so rewarding uh, not just financially but it is rewarding financially as well um, but you genuinely get so much out of it when you kind of leave that client's house and realize that you've you've really changed their life so it's a great profession to be in thank you so much susie to you your um one piece of advice yeah, I think it would literally be just don't give up because I think most young people, financial planning is one of those that there is a perception you can't do it unless you've got a few grey hairs. And that, that really isn't the case. Um, in my particular journey, you know, it actually took me till I was 30 to, to, to transition from um, sort of support roles within financial planning into actually advising clients, which with hindsight, I'm not sad about, but equally you know, as a 25, 26 year old, you could argue there's no reason why I couldn't have done it at that point in life. So sometimes you do have to persevere, you'll get knockbacks, you'll get companies that maybe aren't as forward thinking as others, uh, probably the polite way of putting it. And you have, to kind of, <laughs> you have to kind of continue to push and ultimately, if you work hard, and you know, you're good at your job, you'll get there. Fantastic. Such good advice. And thank you both so much for for your time um, and for really kind of like selling the industry because you really have done it. And I'm I'm hugely impressed by that. So to Susie and to Sarah, uh, my thanks uh, so much for sharing your expertise on this uh, episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for joining us today for Beyond the Balance Sheet. It's brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. You can find us at www.quilter.com or our advisor school is at www.careers.quilter.com. Also, please do subscribe to this podcast through your preferred platform. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones and thank you so much for joining our conversation.